Good morning, everyone, and welcome to worship at Hillhead. Our service this morning is led by our minister, Katrina. We will also hear the voices of Essan reading scripture, Nasi leading the Lord's Prayer, Nancy leading our prayers for others, and in a moment, Wendy will light our Advent candle. Our musicians are Paul on keyboard, Ailey on flute. Um, I'm the soloist for BR Peace, and I'm thankfully a little bit less croaky than I am today. Um, a couple of announcements. Um, a reminder that our weeknight Advent Street Reflections continue at 9pm Monday to Friday on Zoom. Um, please let Katrina know if you need her to resend the link to those if you've misplaced it in your emails. Um, also, some of us are reading a wee book of Advent Reflections together and chatting about it through the week on WhatsApp. Um, it's not too late to join us. If that would interest you, just speak to me or email me after the service. Um, in family news, there seems to be a lot of seasonal coughs and colds about at the moment, and some of them are quite nasty. If anyone needs any help with shopping or picking up prescriptions, please ask Katrina, who's happy to coordinate any help that people might need. Next Sunday morning will be our ad annual nativity service led by the Sunday School, but if any adults would like to volunteer for a speaking role, there is still time for any of those of you who harbour any acting ambitions, um, please speak to Bethany. It's now time for Wendy to light our Advent candle. As we continue our Advent journey this year, we ask God to give us the courage to be joyful. The psalmist says, all who find safety in God will be glad. They can always sing for joy. Protect those who love you so that they may have your joy in their heart.
And now let's come to God in prayer. Let us pray together. Holy God, giver of joy, as we gather this morning, we do so grateful that wherever we are, you are present with us. Holy God, lover of all, as we gather this morning, we do so grateful that however our week has been and however we feel, you welcome us with open arms and accept us, warts and all. Holy God, forgiver of sin, as we gather this morning, we do so grateful that whenever we mess up or let each other down, you help us make amends and start over again. Holy God, as we gather this morning, your mystery draws us to wonder, to recall the one whose story shapes our lives and whose worship we seek to express. In this time together, may we listen carefully for your voice. May we open ourselves to your spirit's touch and may we find encouragement for our ongoing lives. Amen. ای پدر ما که در آسمانی نام تو مقدس باد پادشاهی تو برقرار گردد اراده تو چنان که در آسمان است در زمین نیز انجام گیرد نان روزانه ما را عطا فرما و قرضهای ما را ببخش چنان که ما نیز قرضداران خود را میبخشیم و ما را در آزمایش میاور بلکه از شریر رهایی مانده زیرا پادشاهی قدرت و جلال تا ابد از آن توست آمین
145, 8-16 The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His compassion is all over that He has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. Peter 1, 13-16 and 4, 7-11 Prepare your minds for action. Discipline yourself. Set all your hopes on the grace that Jesus Christ will bring you when he is revealed. Like obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires that you formerly had in ignorance. Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourself in all your conduct. For it, it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be serious and discipline yourself for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power for ever and ever. Amen.
I don't know how it is for you, but even though Advent this year is as long as it possibly can be, for me it seems to be flying by. And it's hard to believe that we're already on Advent 3, especially when there are still two full weeks to go until Christmas Day. Just two weeks ago, we thought about hope and how our Christian hope in God's promises of a new or renewed heaven and earth leads us to an ethic of hopefulness in which we seek out to live the values of God's rule in the here and now. Last week, we thought about hospitality in conjunction with the Advent theme of love, being reminded that the Greek word translated in our English Bibles as hospitality literally means love of the stranger. And that stranger didn't simply mean someone we don't yet know, It means somebody who is totally other than our own experience. To practice hospitality is to live out an ethos of welcoming and of welcome and kindness to those who you might well find it really difficult to like, and to be generous with absolutely no expectation of payback. So it should come as no surprise that what we'll find today is that to be holy is also an attitude of mind and a way of living. But let's start, as we've done each week, with a very quick look at some Greek words that are often translated as holy. I wonder what comes to your mind when you hear that word, holy. Quite possibly, if you're like me, you'll recall having been told that it means set apart for sacred purposes. And there is certainly a word in the scripture which carries that meaning, hieros, which means sacred. And it's a word used to refer to objects and places associated with the divine or with worship. So identifiable things that are distinct and separate from the everyday. Or perhaps you recall being told that it has a moral emphasis, referring to righteousness, right behaviour or religious piety. And again, there is a Greek word, hosios, used in scripture to refer to moral character. However, the word that is used most often and which is most often referred to by preachers and theologians in its strict translation simply means different. Hagios, from which we derive our English word hagiography, which we use to describe biographies of the saints, in its everyday usage simply meant different. To be holy is to be different. To be a saint by inference is to be a person whose life somehow or other stands out as being different. For me, that's really fascinating, and I'm drawn to ponder what it might mean for us to be different. If we're called to be saints, and as followers of Jesus we are, then what are we different from, and what does that difference look like? Recalling the Torah, the first letter of Peter, from which we heard an extract read this morning, notes that God's people are told, be holy 
because I, that is God, am holy. Or if we use a simple translation from the Greek of hagios, be different because I am different. The God of Israel, and hence the God of the Christians to whom Peter's letter is addressed, is different from the Roman or Greek deities whose relationship with humans and with creation is fickle and capricious. So what is God like? How is God different? What does holiness look like? The extract from Psalm 145 is a helpful reminder of what we already know, but maybe, if you're like me, don't always stop to think about. God is morally upright, reliable, faithful and stable. God does get angry, but that's rare and it's something that comes on slowly. God isn't easily provoked and even when it does occur, God is just, fair and equitable in response to its cause. God's loving kindness the word that seems to be in vogue at the moment, God's chesed, is boundless. God longs for all creation to be reconciled, redeemed and recreated. So loving, kind, forgiving, welcoming, inclusive. I wonder what words you would use to describe God that are distinctive marks of how God is different from any earthly ruler, regime or authority? How is God different from the parliaments that we experience, however good or bad they may be relative to each other? And if this is what God is like, if God is characterised by love, kindness, forgiveness, welcome, inclusion then the believers in God and followers of Jesus are called to do and to be the same. In the letter, the writer says to the readers, the end is near. And usually we take that to mean that the early Christians thought that Jesus was coming back very soon and God was going to wind up the whole of history there and then. And this belief seems to have led a lot of believers to be quite lazy. And that annoyed Paul and it annoyed Peter and prompted a lot of what they wrote in their letters about this ethic of hope and hospitality. Now, my Greek is decidedly dodgy and very elementary. But I think we could equally translate that phrase, the end is near, as the goal is close at hand. Rather than emphasis on time running out in which to act, reading it this way seems to be more positive, suggesting that we are on the way to achieving what God desires. It's within our reach and we can get closer to it if we choose to be different, just as God is different. So what does that mean? Well, it's no great surprise, really, is it? We're to be loving. And love will make up for all sorts of mistakes and shortcomings. Of course we're going to let each other down sometimes. Of course we can get cross or irritable. Of course we mess up. But if we love 
And if we know ourselves to be loved, all of that can be overcome. Love enables us to forgive and to be forgiven, to pick ourselves up and try again, and also to allow others to do the same. To me, that seems very different than the values of revenge and self-interest I so often hear about these days. It's not about a litigious society that's seeking to get compensation. This is about love as an ethic that says, I mess up, you mess up, we all mess up. Let's keep trying. Many long years ago, one of my college tutors used to talk about, you are the face of Jesus that people see. Yours is the voice of Jesus that people hear. The way you are is the experience that people have of Jesus. And I think that's what is written in these words to the early believers. When you speak, ideally, it should be as if God is speaking through you. When you serve, it should be as God empowers you. When people see you, see me, they'll make up their mind about Jesus. They'll decide what God is like. So it's important that we do our best to be different in the way that God, as revealed in Jesus, is different. I've probably done more reading of theology in the last two or three weeks than I've done in a long time, and I know I've quoted a bit of it at you. I'm going to quote a little bit more today from a a person called Rudolf Otto, who was writing about God's holiness. He said this, It is not a quantity that brands the creaturely as profane and unclean, or that differentiates between the sacred and the secular. The hour has come when the whole of creation is now God's holy place and the sphere of action. In God, and therefore in his saints, holiness is a consecration of power in the service of love. So the goal of everything is close. It's just over the horizon. We can almost see it. And we, with all of creation, are invited to share in the active waiting for the day of the Lord, seeking to be different, just as God is different.
So three weeks, three candles lit, three words beginning with hope, three quarters of the way to Christmas and not a single Christmas carol sung. Though we have had some lovely Advent music along the way. So is it really ho, ho, ho? Or is it actually bah humbug? Has what we've shared been interesting and informative or dull and disengaging? Or maybe, just maybe, perhaps we've heard God's voice or felt God's touch along the way. It seems to me that what we've explored together is hugely challenging and we have to decide what, if anything, we're going to do with it. We've been reminded that hope is active. It's not mere wishful thinking. It requires us to hold intention, the now and not yet of our faith, to keep our eyes fixed on the dream or goal of God's promise of the new or renewed creation and to play our part in bringing that to pass. We've thought about our hospitality. It's not about nice, polite dinner parties with the people we know well and who can be relied upon to behave appropriately, but about the messy reality of learning to love those we find strange, whose customs, culture, values and expectations differ from our own. It's about vulnerability and openness, a willingness to sometimes be the host and sometimes be the guest and always to be open to being surprised. And we've seen that holiness is not about dull piety or the separation of the so-called sacred from the so-called secular, but about being different from the world and its values or norms in the same way that God is different. It's about justice and fairness, about welcome and inclusion, about challenge and change as the God ethic of love is expressed in our flawed and frailed humanity. Three very familiar words, maybe some new insights as God's spirit moves in our hearts and minds, but even so, what now? What next? How do we weave together our hope, with hospitality and holiness, not just this Advent and Christmas, but beyond? How do we prevent ourselves from forgetting what we've pondered as we get so busy with the preparations for Christmas and instead live just a little bit more fully that threefold ethic of love, hospitality and holiness that we've explored? We're going to listen to a song now based on the words of the mystic mystic Teresa of Avila. And if you, you know it, you're welcome to sing along if you don't just enjoy listening. But as you do so, I'll invite you to make a mental note or if you've got a pen, you might want to literally write down one thing that you're going to commit to as a response and to offer that to God in prayer. Because here is a profound truth. Christ has nobody now on earth but yours and mine and ours.
On this third Sunday in Advent, we come with our prayers for others and for each other. Let us pray. Holy, loving God, we praise you once more for this season of Advent, for its mood of expectation, its message of hope, its call to prepare ourselves its spirit of confidence and trust. Grant that through this season we shall be renewed in hope and strengthened in faith, trusting more completely in the future you hold. May our confidence be deepened in your eternal love and purpose despite all that stands against it. We thank you for the hope you have given us in Christ and we bring our prayers for those who find it hard to hope, those for whom life is hard. As we decorate our homes, we think of those who have no homes to decorate, the homeless and refugees. As we fill our cupboards, freezers and fridges. We think of those who have no access to food and water because of failed harvests, drought and natural disasters. As we lock our doors securely each night, we think of those who are caught up in war and conflict, overwhelmed by fear each day lived under the threat of violence. We thank you for national organisations like Christian Aid and Shelter and local ones like Glasgow City Mission and Elpis, which provide support for those who are struggling and we pray that they may have the resources they need to bring hope to those in despair. We pray for BMS World Mission as it serves around the world in some of the toughest places on earth, seeking to demonstrate your love to those most in need. This week we pray for our created world, which has been entrusted to our care and for Laura Lee Lovering, the Creation Stewardship Coordinator, as she liaises with partners, encouraging solar energy and tree planting projects in Sri Lanka, Uganda and Mozambique. With the Baptist Union of Scotland, we pray for Strathendrick Baptist Church in Balfron, for Stromness Baptist Church in Orkney, for Thurso Baptist Church and Tillicoutry Baptist Church praying that during this Advent season they may be able to reach out into their communities with good tidings of great joy as they share the Christmas message of hope and peace. In our own church calendar this week, we remember the coffee club. Liz and Douglas. Brian. Paul P and Mary P. Leslie and Alistair. Grace and Will. Lizzie and Petrie. 
Ian, Elizabeth and Joanna. May each one know your presence and your peace. Loving God, may the message of hope which Advent brings burst fresh into our world, bringing help, hope and healing. And may we, as followers of Jesus, play our part in showing his love, displaying his care and fulfilling his purpose so that he might again come again this Christmas to our needy world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. hospitable and hopeful God. As we leave the comparative comfort of this time of worship and return to the busy bustle of our daily lives, please bless us with joy. Your gift of positivity even in adversity, 
tenacity even in weariness, and light even in the deepest darkness. Amen.